Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Well, hello, COS supporters, and welcome back to another edition of COS Live. My name is Andrew Lush. I'm going to be your host for this episode. And of course, I'm not joined by Rita Peters, my co-host, uh, who is also the Senior Vice President of Legislative Affairs. You can see that she is not with us today. But that's okay. She'll be back with us soon on the show. Uh, today, we have a, a very unique show lined up for you. We're not going to use do our normal program. We're going to show you some clips from uh, a great rally. But before we get to that, I want to remind you that 19 states have successfully passed our COS resolution. Yes, 19 states have applied to call a convention of states to limit the federal government's power. Uh, 19 states so far want to see amendments that would reduce the size and scope of the federal government that would put limitations on the amount of spending they can do and also to limit the terms of office for federal legislate uh, for federal um, for federal representatives so 19 states have already called for that we are waiting though for state number 20 to join this movement as you probably know we need 34 states to call a convention uh, North Carolina has gotten so close. Uh, earlier, they passed in the House chamber. Now North Carolina just needs to get it done in the Senate to become state number 20. Today, we're going to be show you we're going to be showing you some clips from a great rally that the CUA supporters in North Carolina were able to put together right outside the North Carolina legislature. It was a very hot day. But that didn't uh, deter any of our volunteers and supporters from showing up. There were over 150 people that showed up to this event. And there were some heavy hitter names that came as well, including Colonel Alan West, Mark Meckler, and many others who joined to talk about Convention of States and how it is the solution as big as the problem. Uh, before we get to this, though, I want to remind you that you can be following us on all of our social media platforms. Uh, we're on uh, MeWe, Facebook, Rumble, Twitter, Parler, YouTube, Instagram, Getter, and TikTok. Make sure that you are following us there and make sure that you are liking the content and then sharing out the content to your uh, friends on social media. We need to raise awareness about this solution that is right there in the Constitution. We need to be... Uh, br like brush fires of liberty, passing on this outstanding solution that is the silver bullet to end the federal government's encroachments into our lives. Also, remember that you can listen to this podcast. You can listen to all of the other episodes that have been archived. If you go to the Convention of States podcast, just make sure that you search Convention of States wherever you podcast from. We also want you to get in the know with all of the important COS messages and updates, you can go to, you can text START to 54555. Again, that's START to 54555. If you want to bypass big tech and if you want to get important COS messages and updates, we want to make sure that you're also uh, staying in contact with all of the other uh, content that we're producing on Facebook. There's also the Battle Cry with COS president, co founder. Mark Meckler. It's on 8 p.m. Eastern time on Sundays. You've got to check out the battle cry. Our fearless leader always has uh, great words of wisdom and always keeps you updated on what's going on across the country. Um, we also want you to continue to watch this program. It's on every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time um, on Facebook. 
So uh, we are going to talk about, or we're going to play for you, uh, a speech from one of our uh, one of our friends over at Patriot Academy. I'm talking about Rick Green, who is America's constitutional coach. He gave a very inspiring speech about using Article 5, about Convention of States. So we're going to uh, show you this fired up speech, and I hope that you will be inspired by Rick Green. Check it out. Rick Green is uh, one of the people that inspired me to start doing what I'm doing and trying to help educate our younger people on this little thing called the Constitution. Former Texas State Representative, national speaker, author, radio host, Rick and his wife Kara founded Patriot Academy, a leadership training program specializing in applied civics with biblical, historical, and constitutional foundation, otherwise known as the truth. So Rick teaches with the truth. Let's welcome Rick Green to the stage. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. All right, good afternoon. I love North Carolina. Better than that, I love being with patriots in North Carolina. And all the patriots that came here from all over the country that want to be a part of the solution and save our country. So listen, I always do the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let me just say right off the bat a little bit of good. Be of good cheer. All is not lost. The laws of nature and nature's God have not changed. The principles of liberty are not dead. We can actually infuse those principles back into this culture once again, and we can get good results again. Solomon was right. There is nothing new under the sun. The things we're facing right now can be defeated. We can restore liberty in our country, but we have to shift our focus and be willing to give more of our time and energy and money to these things. So we don't have to despair. I get it, it's bad out there. There are things in our country right now I never thought I would see in my lifetime. There are things happening in, in community, communities just like mine in Dripping Springs, Texas. There's things happening in Dripping Springs, Texas and in little towns all across this country that I never thought would happen in our nation. So I get it that it's bad, but when we see the bad, when we see the bad results, we don't have to despair and give up. We don't have to, you know, some of my friends, they're done, man. They're like, America's done for, forget it, it's all over. Grab your guns and canned food, go hide out at the ranch. Now you should have the guns, you should have the canned food, and you should have a ranch. Okay, not saying don't have those things. But now is not the time to go hide out and say, I give up. Those people, like, they depress everybody. They're like, a, you know, just a, they're like the 10 spies that came back from the promised land. You know the story in the Bible where the 12 spies go check things out. 10 of them come back and say, oh, it's just too hard. The giants are too big. The, 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 the fortified cities, there's no way we can win. The Bible says that that depressing report was so bad that it depressed the people and an entire generation had to die in the wilderness. Now, we don't want to be like that. We need to be like the other two spies. Said so there were 12, right? There were two others, Joshua and Caleb. We know their names. We don't know the, the wusses that were the other 10 names, right? But we know Joshua and Caleb. Why? Because Joshua and Caleb saw the exact same thing, saw the same bad and ugly. They saw the same challenges, but their report was very simply giants, yep, huge, bigger than we've ever seen. Fortified cities, unbelievable. But God's given us the land, let's go take it. That was Joshua and Caleb's attitude. That's the attitude that we need to have as we face these immense challenges. I'm not downplaying, I'm not daggering. I mean, listen, we're at the 250 year mark, folks. This is that place when great nations, great empires fall apart throughout history. Fortunately, America has broken the mold every step of the way. So I believe we can break the mold again. I believe we can have 
a revival of freedom, a, a reformation of, of liberty and, and restoring those constitutional jurisdictions and actually coming back to federalism. But it's going to take some hard work. And just like you've been doing, you wouldn't be here today sitting out here in the sun all day. You wouldn't be working hard to get Convention of States passed here in North Carolina if you didn't already understand that. You know that we've got to work hard on this thing. And you know what's at stake. Uh, you know, the, the probably most overused, I don't know if you could overuse it, but maybe one of the most popular quotes of Ronald Reagan, and we've had it on our website for you know, 25 years, so I kind of laid claim to it, but it's when, when Reagan said that freedom is a fragile thing. It's never more than one generation away from extinction. We don't pass it to our kids in the bloodstream. In other words, your children don't understand freedom just because you understood freedom. Your children don't understand freedom just because previous generations understood it. I can promise you a kid born in Austin, Texas will make you just as good a communist as one born in Beijing or Moscow. In fact, these days, if they're born in Austin, they have a better chance of being a communist, unfortunately. But, but it's not about you know, uh, what the previous generation believed doesn't automatically get passed. Reagan said you have to pass it intact. You have to be purposeful about it. You've got to fight for it. You've got you to dig in. You've got to be willing to scratch and claw in the trenches, if you will. The left has been doing that for decades in America. They've been in the fight. We've been enjoying the blessings of liberty, not bearing the burden that comes with producing liberty. And that's what we've got to do in terms of shifting our focus. And, and, and when I say shift our focus, that means I'm, I'm actually going to ask you to do even more than you've done up to this point. You know, we just had D-Day and, and uh, the week before that, Memorial Day. And during that time, I always think about Lincoln's words in the Gettysburg Address. He said that the way you honor those who came before us that made this flag worthy of being waved, the way you honor them is you have an increased devotion to the cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion. So an increased devotion means we've got to do more than what we've already done up to this point. That means more of our life, more of our fortune, more of our sacred honor to the cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion. So what is the cause? The cause is the American way of life. It is the American system. It is the values that we find in our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. And what we're here about today is that specific constitutional idea of federalism. That, that you should be the one to make the decisions in your life, not some bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. And, and Reagan actually went on to say in that same speech, it's not usually shared with the, with the quote, but he went on to say that if we don't pay attention to this, if we don't have a renewal of these principles, that we will someday in our sunset years be telling our children and our children's children what it was once like to live in America where men were free. Now, I hope I'm not in my sunset years yet, but let me just tell you what it was once like to live in America where men were free. This may shock you, but there was a time in America where men were free where you actually made the medical decisions for yourself, not Anthony Fauci. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that wasn't respectful. Pope Fauci. Pope Fauci, more like it, but there was a time in America, believe it or not, parents, when you made the education and medical decisions for your children, not some bureaucrat either at the state or federal level, and you decided when to expose them to sensitive subjects, not some grooming education cabal that doesn't even tell parents now and doesn't think that parents should be allowed to know what's going on in their local school district. There was a time in America where men were free, if you're a business owner out there, believe it or not, there was a time when you decided whether or not to flip the sign on the door from open to close or close to open, not Pope Fauci and other bureaucrats across the country. 
And pastors, there was a time in America where men were free when you decided when to open the doors of your church, whether or not to sing hymns, whether or not to take communion, whether or not to hug, whether or not to lay hands on the sick. We have pastors all over this nation that bowed to the God of government instead of the God of the Bible, who gave in to these ridiculous demands. There was a time in America where you made the decision of whether or not to put a face diaper on, whether you felt like the disease was bad enough that you should stay home instead of being ordered to do so by the people that are supposed to be protecting your rights, but instead violated our rights. I think one of the things that bothers me the most about how different it was when men were free in America is that we now have a situation where there was a time in America where North Carolina would make the decisions about local issues in your state, not Washington, D.C. We're now at a place where we have people, a San Francisco cabal, running Washington, D.C. that actually believes, actually believes that boys and men should be allowed into the bathrooms, showers, locker rooms of our daughters. Now they not only believe that, they believe that they have the power to make you in North Carolina do that whether you want to or not. That the federal government gets to decide, and in this case, that one person in the federal government with a phone and a pen with an executive order can order every school in America to allow men and boys into girls' bathrooms, lockers, and showers. Now, if that's not a violation of federalism and a violation of morality and everything else, I don't know what else is. And yet we have people, to be blunt, right here in the North Carolina legislature that would say, we're not willing to overturn that action. We're not willing to use the power given to us in the Constitution to overturn this insanity coming from Washington, D.C., where they're trying to make the whole nation be like San Francisco. And that's what's essentially at stake here. Does North Carolina get to make these decisions for North Carolina, or do you want San Francisco running North Carolina? Because if you are against a convention of states, that means you're okay with San Francisco running North Carolina. If you're for a convention of states, you're saying, no, we don't want San Francisco or even the great state of Texas running North Carolina. We want North Carolina to run North Carolina. And that's the way it ought to be. You know, now this, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say these things. This man occupying the White House, let me just say it like that. Not, not only does he think that, that men and, 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 and boys should be in girls' showers and, and bathrooms, and not only does he think he has the power to make that happen with a stroke of a pen, but now he's even blackmailing school districts and saying, we're going to take away your lunch money if you don't do these things. It's a, it, the, these people will, they will use, in fact, how did he say it in the, in the speech he gave in Buffalo? He said, um, he said, there's people that are lying in order to have political gain, power, and profit. And then he proceeded to lie in order to have political gain, power, and profit. That's what they do. And the only way to overrule them is a convention of states. This is the tool that our founding fathers gave us. This is the constitutional method to properly, constitutionally nullify a federal action. So they gave us this amazing tool. We never used it before. And you can make an argument that it was never this bad. Federal government's you know, sl you know, not slowly, I mean quickly, gone completely off the rails. And it's been somewhat off the rails for honestly 80 years or so, but nothing quite like now. 
how brash these people in Washington, D.C. are. How they think that we're too stupid to decide the best things for our children, or for ourselves, or for our business, or for our parishioners, or whatever it might be. They truly believe that they are smarter than you and that they need to make those decisions for you. And it's not just, it, 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 you would think that facts and evidence would change their mind. I mean, this whole effort to do this, you saw what happened in Loudoun County, Virginia, where the school district lied about the kid that, you know, acted like he was transitioning so he could get into the girl's bathroom and raped one girl and then they just move him to another school and he does the exact same thing. You would think that someone that had advocated for that insanity would then see that and go, you know what, that's wrong, that's evil. We need to stop this policy. But no, this man occupying the White House doubles down since that time last summer that all that came out. He's done his executive order since then and now the no, no school lunches you know, follow their radical, extremely radical leftist agenda. So all of that to say, you're not going to change that in Washington, D.C. It has to be changed through the states. It's got to be the states that step up at this point. We could go through a million different issues that fit that exact same thing. Our borders right now, 200,000 illegals a month coming across. My home state, state of Texas is a disaster right now because we're not doing what we should be doing as a state under Article 4, I mean, Article 1, Section 10. You know, I'll tell you one thing, one of our speakers this afternoon, if Colonel Allen West had been elected governor of Texas, as he should have been, then Texas would be leading the way with Ron DeSantis and, and Florida. We need people like that. We've got to get behind them and get that kind of support out there to be able to win this. So I, I, I'll say this, with all the different issues, we, we could talk about energy and, you know, gas doubling and uh, this, it's all due to policies of this White House by stopping the drilling, by stopping the pipelines, uh, all the overregulation. I mean, this is a result of the policies of the federal government. We should get them out of this business completely, let each state make its own decisions about what they want to do with their land and, and whether or not they want to allow drilling or pipelines. That should be a local decision for you, not some federal decision. So there's a million different issues that we could talk about. But when you look at how bad it is right now, I gotta ask the question, if, if now is not the time to overrule the federal government, good grief, what has to happen to wake you up and realize now is the time to overturn federal action. How bad does it have to get for you to say, okay, I get it, there's no perfect system, and we got all these scare tactics out there, oh, if you do a convention of states, this will happen and that will happen, and everything they're afraid of happening at a convention of states that's bad is happening right now in Washington, D.C. We already have a runaway federal government. We already have them ignoring the Constitution and, and ruling with a constitution. We already have everything that people are afraid of. And the only chance we've got to put them back in the box, to overrule them and do this peacefully, and to do this properly and civilly and constitutionally, is to exercise Article 5, call for the convention. North Carolina needs to be state number 20. We need to get this done right here, right now. I don't want to hear this talk about if it doesn't happen, we'll do it next time. Let's do it now. Let's make it happen right now in this state. Let's get these legislators to step up and make it happen. There's some people that say, oh, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna win big in 2022. We're going to win big in 2024, and the Republican Party is going to save us in Washington, D.C. Can, can I just give you a little wake-up call? Look, I was, I was a legislator in Texas. I, I was a Republican. I'm, I'm a Republican now. But... Can we just be honest for a second? Can I just talk real frank for a second? The $10 trillion dumped on the market as a part of the overreaction panicked response to COVID 
started with the Donald Trump White House. The six feet insanity rule with zero science behind it was made up on the spot in the Donald Trump White House. It was a Republican administration that foisted a lot of this stuff on the country. Friends, the immunity for these big pharma trying to make sure I don't go down too big of a rabbit hole here. The immunity at the federal level for Big Pharma to make a product, the current one that does not work, has killed more than 30,000 people and injured millions. That immunity was done in the Ronald Reagan White House. Okay, I'm a Reagan fan. I got a kid named after Ronald Reagan. I got another kid with the same birthday as Ronald Reagan. I used to have a dog named Dutch. I am a Ronald Reagan fan, fifth best president in history on my list. Donald Trump is the fourth best president in history on my list. So I'm a fan of both of those guys, and they did the best they could with what they had, and hopefully maybe even get a chance to do it again. Uh, well, not Reagan, I mean, obviously. Anyway, uh, maybe, may, no, uh, listen, they did the best they could with what they had, right? But a president cannot solve this problem. A, a Congress and a Republican majority in Congress cannot solve this problem. You will not be able to drain the swamp from within the swamp. This has got to come from outside. We, from outside of Washington, D.C., have to make them do this. It's not going to be solved in Washington, no matter who you elect as president this next go around. All right. It's not complicated, but it is hard. It's going to take time. It's going to take, honestly, some winter soldiers to make this happen. We're not, we're not going to win this. We're not going to make this huge shift in restoring constitutional jurisdictions, this, this huge shift away from what has become a national government that gets to do everything for everyone in the country. We're not going to shift back to a federal government that only does the 17 things listed in the Constitution and in the 27 amendments. We're not going to do something that big with a bunch of summer soldiers. It's not going to happen with people that will just show up when it's easy or just get on board at the, at the last minute. I, I, I know people tell us there's no, you're not, no chance, you're never going to get this too big, it's too hard, same thing as those 10 spies. But let me take you back to the week before Christmas, 1776. And, and if you get in my time machine with me and we travel back to one week before Christmas, we're going to get out of the time machine and we're going to sneak up behind this guy that's writing. Now I don't know if he was in a cabin writing by candlelight or if he was out, I, th I like to think he was sitting around a fire and just next to him was another little fire with troops and another fire with troops. And I kind of picture that he was out there with the men that were suffering. And we're going to get out of our time machine. We're going to look over the shoulder of this guy. And the words that he's writing say this. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this present crisis shrink from service to his country. But he that stands it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. See, he's saying summer soldiers and sunshine patriots, there's no way they would actually win the revolution. And, and if you, you really were getting in the time machine and going back to the week before Christmas, 1776, and you were looking out around the world, every other nation had said, forget it, the Americans can't win. Most Americans said, forget it, the Americans can't win. 90% of Washington's troops had deserted him. He had gone from 30,000 down to 2,500. It was over. But this guy around the fire named Thomas Paine is writing those words for an American crisis and publishing that in just the next few days. And a week later, George Washington would make that impossible decision to choose an impossible task 
to go against Hessian professional soldiers. This would be like the Boy Scouts taking on the Navy SEALs. And he takes the, that, that ragtag bunch that he still had with him, one-third of which did not even have boots. They were wrapping their food, feet in, in burlap. They were marching nine miles to take on those Hessian professional soldiers. You could follow them by the blood and the snow. That's after they crossed an icy Delaware River in a snowstorm. But then they capture, they win the battle, they capture 600 of the Hessian soldiers. Washington's troops swell to 15,000 in the next two weeks. It's the greatest military comeback in history. And it was because they were willing to say, I'm not going to look at the odds, I'm not going to look at the overwhelming difficulty of the task, but I'm going to do what's right because it's the right thing to do no matter what it costs me. Because I'm not a summer soldier, I'm not a sunshine patriot, I'm a winter soldier. If we're going to win this war, this culture war for the heart and soul of America, if we're going to push back the federal government and put them back in their box, and I'm not saying that having a federal government is wrong or evil, or that government is bad. Government's a tool. It's a God-created institution. And when it's in its lane, it's a blessing to all of us. When it's outside of its lane, it's a curse, and it hurts. So we're not anti-government here. We're pro-constitutional government. We just want to get them back in their lane. That's what we're headed for. And if we're going to do that, it's going to take some winter soldiers. Now, I know you're sweating right now, and you're thinking, Rick, winter would be nice. I would love a little bit of winter air to just. In fact, the wind picked up when we started started talking about that. So the Lord, as as William Bear Travis signed his letter from the Alamo PS, the Lord is on our side. I do believe that. But the point is, it's going to take it's going to take us staying in the fight, even with a great victory here in North Carolina, and this being the 20th state. It's one step in a long process, and I'm challenging you to step up and do exactly what Lincoln said: have an increased devotion. Whatever amount of money you've been donating to the cause, whatever amount of tithe you've been giving to your church, I'm asking you to increase those, to sacrifice whatever in your household to be able to invest more in your local church to be the epicenter of the community once again. Because you're not going to shrink government until the people of faith through the churches step up and meet the needs in the community the way we used to do it here in America. Then we can shrink government. So we've got to get behind that. Whatever you've been giving to candidates, to COS, to whatever cause you're supporting, I'm asking you to give more, sacrificially. Lives, fortune, sacred honor, that's what it's going to take. And we're going to all have to give more of that. The good news is, freedom is worth it. And the good news is, the system does work, if we work it. See, we, we've got a lot of people that think like us, that, that realize government's out of control, and they want to see change, but they no longer believe that the Constitution works. They no longer believe that the principles of liberty can work in this nation, because they're they're concerned. I mean, it's a it's a valid concern that half the country's communist now. That we've had an education system that's not taught them truth. That hasn't done what what what, what we we changed in Texas when I was in the legislature, requiring the Constitution and the Declaration to be taught every single year to every student throughout the state. There, people are concerned that you got too many that didn't get that, and therefore we can't win because we're somehow too small or in the minority or we don't have the troops and too many people want the handout from government. Folks, Elijah thought he was the only one too. What did God say to him? 7,000 have not bowed their knee to Baal. If you ever feel like you're the only one, let me tell you right now, Mark and, and Colonel West and I can tell you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, we travel the nation and get to see crowds like this all the time. There are millions, tens of millions, maybe even over 100 million in America that have not bowed their knee to Baal, that still love this Constitution, love this country, that still have a biblical worldview and want to apply that biblical worldview to government. You are not alone. Even just right now, looking around you, all the other folks that are willing to sit out here in the sun and enjoy this day together and call for this, drove here from some, some 10, 12 hours away and even further. 
Because we're not alone. And when we come together like this and, and remind each other this system works if we work the system, if we're winter soldiers, if we stay in the fight. I want to say before I end that if you're a, a person of faith, this is not a time for mamsy-pamsy, wimpy Christianity. We got too many people in the community of faith that think the Bible was just Jesus sitting around petting lambs all the time. He was the lamb, but he was also the lion. He fashioned a whip. He turned over some tables. He spoke truth to power. We have got to tap into that part of Jesus if we're going to push back this evil that was represented in my home state of Texas in Dallas last weekend where they literally brought kids to a drag queen sex show. This is evil what's happening to our children. They want your kids. There is a leftist movement in our nation that is evil and it will not be stopped with mamsy pamsy, let's just be nice to everybody. This is a time to be bold as a lion, just like the lion of the tribe of Judah. This is a time to stand up with courage. And I can promise you this, courage is contagious. When you stand up, other people are going to rally. When you stand up, other people are going to say, I'm in. Here, my Lord, send me. It's happening right now in North Carolina. It's happening in states all across the nation. Mark just got back from Delaware. Man, we got a movement going on in Delaware right now. God is moving in this country. Patriots are standing up and saying, not on my watch. And I'll leave you with that. Just think about this fact. Every generation of Americans had a remnant that was willing to stand up and say, on my watch, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to give whatever it takes. Every generation was willing to say, hand me that torch of freedom. I'll hold it high. I'll make sure that it's still alive on my watch. And then they passed it to the next generation. Well, this is the hour that you stand guard at the Watchtower of Freedom. This is the moment in time where we get to write our chapter in history. And the question is, will history say of our generation that on our watch, when our nation was literally teetering between liberty and tyranny, will they say on our watch that, that we gave up, that we became summer soldiers and we sat down, that we stepped back and we let the left have our country, that the torch of freedom was only dimly lit, or God forbid extinguished? I agree. No, that's not going to be the chapter. I, th I think based on what I see out here today, based on what I get to see all across the country, I know in my knower, as my pastor growing up used to say, I know in my knower that the chapter history is going to write on us. They're going to say that when it was our turn, when it was our watch, the torch of freedom once again burned even brighter than it ever had before. God bless you. Thanks for being here. Let's get this thing across the finish line in North Carolina. I hope that was a very inspiring speech for you. I know that Rick Green, he just has the ability to really get people energized. If, if you feel energized and you feel like you're not doing enough and you need to do more, if you live in North Carolina and you want to be turned from a, a mere voter to a citizen activist, you can do it. We need people on the front lines. We need people engaged in politics. We need people engaged with their state representatives. Go to www.conventionofstates.com forward slash take action. This is where you can go to be turned from a voter to an activist. We need people just like you. This movement, this Article 5 Convention of States movement is driven by we the people. And so we need we the people on the front lines getting in contact with their representatives and and asking them to use the constitutional power that has been given to them. And I'm talking about calling a convention. Like I said at the beginning of the program, 19 states have uh, applied to 
to call a convention. We need to get to that magic number 34. But we're never going to get there without people like you volunteering and raising awareness within their community. So make sure that you do that. Make sure that you explain that the Article 5 process is the solution as big as the problem. Again, go to that Take Action page. You'll see all of the different volunteer positions we have, including the district captain level, which is a leadership position that helps uh, get the word out to people within your community. That's one of the most important roles that we have at Convention of States. It's the backbone of this movement. We need more district captains in the fight for liberty. Um, thank you for watching this show. We'll be back next week with another edition of COS Live. This has been the podcast version of COS Live. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.